This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to an incredibly exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskel. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Oh, doing good. I'm pumped. Happy to be here. Doing great, honey bear. (laughs) It's hummingbird. I know. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing my own thing. thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's and that's, this that's is your honey bear you. now. It's, it's a very got that special big episode. beard and everything. So some yeah, <laughs> somehow sexual tension, awkwardness. Go ahead. Somehow we made it. Uh, we've been doing this long enough where we are actually logging in here. Our two hundredth episode yeah. of the Video Junkyard Podcast. We have done two hundred of these shows, and that's not even adding like the a couple of extra, you know, here and there shows that weren't part of the numbering system and other podcasts we've participated in and whatever. So it's kind of surreal that we've done two hundred episodes of this show. So and, I blame and again, a pandemic. And I know yeah, especially during a pandemic. <laughs> and I know that I've brought this up before, but I think it, it, it bears repeating. This started out with <laughs> Eric and I going, we should do a podcast and let's just do like six episodes and put them out over every two months for like a year and see how it goes. And it just, we're like, yeah, let's do that. And immediately it just became every week. <laughs> yeah. We, like, I think we did that. No discussion. We just started doing it every week. Like the, you know, short history of the, the podcast. I think that was the plan. And we sat down and started recording. We were doing two movies mm-hmm. per episode in the beginning, but we were only having them, we were only putting them out every once, was it once, once a month or once every two weeks or I don't know, whatever, but they were longer episodes. We covered multiple movies and then figured out with the same amount of time commitment, we could be putting out a weekly show. Um, yeah. Because we were, we were recording all that stuff. And, and so I think for the first six months to a year of the show, we were still doing biweekly recordings where we were covering two movies. We were just cutting them into two different shows. And then eventually it morphed into that we get together every week and talk for like five hours and record, you know, a 50 minute show. But yeah, yeah. uh, and so here we are 200 episodes in and this has got to be at least 100 for Ryan at at least. I would say you've been on about half of them at this point, right? Close. I, I hate to say, but probably well over half. I think over yeah, half, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think I'm an original. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't really well, remember what it was like before you were here, so. But yeah, <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> I keep trying to. No. Um, <laughs> no, there was. You never washed I, me out. It, in, in. I'm going to let that go. Um, <laughs> I'm like a pit stain on your favorite shirt. 
I'll never go just away, talking. but you're never gonna, throwing it away going. either. Just, uh, <laughs> it, it's, the, 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 the thoughts are too distracting. Um, you know, <laughs> sure, and trying to decide. It, it's funny because we we really we talked about like, oh, what's going to be our what, what are we going to review for our 200th episode? And I then at the end it was like, let's not put too much thought into it. We're just like, this is what we're doing. And God, I feel like this is a perfect film for a 200th episode because yeah. I also feel like the, this is a perfect film to not put much thought into. There's that. Yes, that's a good yeah. point. For not putting much, too much thematic. thought into it, I think we thematic. I think we nailed it here, guys. So. And what's kind of cool is since we've been doing this now for a couple oh, of years, the you know most of the movies we review again like 70s, 80s, early 90s kind of stuff. But now we're starting to be able to go a little bit later in the 90s because we've been doing this a few years. <laughs> and yes, sometimes we we break character, we do something newer, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're welcome. gonna follow this up with something that's almost brand new. So yeah, so it's um, this one is a I feel like a perfect movie to to kind of uh, demonstrate what we do on the Video Junkier podcast and what kind of movies that we talk about. Things that are you know were were really popular when they first came out and then just kind of faded into obscurity. Yeah, there are movies that are perfect like epitomes of what this pod like the description of this podcast mm-hmm. so if you were to be like well, what kind of movies do you do you guys review you could throw one out there and people would be like oh this is one of them <laughs> like, yep it's, so so um, i well, feel I like this without... is the type of movie that really like why we're in this new age of just like uh right left liberal conservative i feel like this is the movie that we're essentially bind them all together in some form or facet not to everyone but right. at least everyone is... can be like yeah i know it wasn't great but god there's something about it that's enjoyable this movie isn't yeah an olive branch for yeah. sure i think everybody can everybody that likes you know a big dumb action movie can like yeah can get something out of this i think they don't make them like they used to right that's for sure and the one that they did make that we'll be talking about tonight is the 1997 American action thriller Con He's a U.S. Ranger. Highly decorated. Did a little hell raising when he was a kid, but nothing serious. He's defending his wife. Got in a drunken brawl. Killed the guy. Could happen to you or me. After serving the last of his sentence, Cameron Poe is taking the first plane home to his wife and daughter. Today's flight is a special one. We're populating Louisiana's Felton Penitentiary. These guys are the worst of the worst. I see a lot of celebrities among us. I see 11 primetime lives, three Regis and Kathy Lees, and a genuine 2020 interviewee. What you looking at, punk? Nothing, I was just. My on your cage. But one wrong flight. Stewardess, what's the in-flight movie today? <laughs> can ruin your whole day. Go, go, go. Ah! What happened? We caught the plane, man! Welcome to Con Air. Jailbird One, you are not cleared for takeoff. And nobody on this aircraft gives a flying. The issue here is how the plane is brought down. Shoot it down. There are innocent people up there. He's got a little girl to come home to. He's been waiting for this day for eight years. What are you going to do? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the day. 
Check your weapons. Take your seat. Isn't that your card? And say your prayers. He's got the whole world in his hand. From Jerry Bruckheimer. Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich. Where are they going to land this thing? How do you feel about the blackjack tables? Air. Directed by Simon West. Thank you, and have a pleasant flight. So, Con Air was uh, directed by Simon West. It stars an incredible cast of 1997 American actors. You've got yeah. Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich, uh, Dave Chappelle, Colm Meany, um, McKelty Williamson, Danny Trejo, Monica Potter, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, and it just goes on and, <laughs> and on, on and, and on. on. Yeah, holy crap! The uh, the cast in this one. I, um, yeah, I, I don't even want to do a synopsis because I feel if you guys are okay with it, this is a movie that you walk through. Yeah, yes, because I, I, it's just batshit. <laughs> I will say it was very bold of them and quite unique for them to like do a movie completely you know based after like you know the the well-known hairdryer series con air oh yeah uh yeah as I mean, two bald it's... men of the podcast first off it's very insensitive joe it, 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 <laughs> but i I'm think they took some bold creative decisions <laughs> with this <Yeah>. whole <laughs> like, so this is not with, what I with hair apparently yeah bold creative decisions with some of the hair with, with styles hair. in the episode yeah. or in, yeah. the, in the this movie this is what happens yeah. when you don't give a synopsis <laughs> yeah, right. And, yeah, my dog is squeaking yeah. on a toy in the background. This is going to be like the cricket all over again. I love that um, for our 200th episode, we reminded everybody about what consummate professionals we've become over the last... <laughs> that's right. I believe we started um, this episode by saying, like, just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. Yeah. We have a so too much thought into it. Was the... yeah. So in this one, Nicolas Cage plays Cameron Poe, who is a... Uh, honorably discharged army ranger sergeant and combat veteran like the dude's a badass mm. with the by every 90s standard with like, like the worst nick cage southern accent which is weird because like he did a southern accent in raising arizona and it was it was great yeah it was funny but you know as a comedy but it's like he he hams it up even more in this yeah and it's well, not he's tried real specifically for that i think they're for he's from mobile Al- alabama alabama yeah he's trying like real specifically for that alabama thing and, well uh, yeah. yeah it really has like and, a forrest gump like kind of sound quality yeah. to it which doesn't yeah. help the fact that they got the same actor who played bubba to play his little like yeah partner <laughs> and i'm like oh shit man they're gonna go on a fucking boat and try to catch shrimp together that's what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> That's so right. my the the setup to this is uh, so Cameron Poe, our our badass army ranger, gets out or he gets out of the military. He, he meets his yep. pregnant wife at a bar, and they um, a bar where she works. Where she works, and six months three, too. I think she's six months pregnant. Six months pregnant. Yeah, and three. So drunk, there's some math there. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Don't think about happen. it. <laughs> um, short tour, yeah. I guess. 
Don't think um, we'll think about it for as long as the movie did. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so three drunk regulars start harassing her, and yeah. he tries to stand up for her. She settles the conversation down, and then as they're trying to leave, these three guys attack them. Like there's no way around it. They attack this yeah. couple who are just and trying like the to pouring kill. rain. Very. Uh... I think it needs to be mentioned how grandiose and over, like oh, big yeah. everything in this movie is, and like yeah, even the scene is a yeah a good start. And, and so they all three gang up on Poe, and he kicks their asses. One guy ends up dying. Whips out a knife. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're yeah. armed, yeah. and he's yeah. not. Yeah. He he tries to plead. He wants to plead self defense and not guilty. His attorney convinces him to. Um, plead guilty because which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, worst yeah. fucking legal um, advice ever. Don't this movie stop. Gotten, just like we did with this movie. Just, ended just like we did sooner. with the beginning of this episode. It don't put too much thought into it because uh, the second you start thinking about any of the details here, oh it's yeah, like, wait a but, second. But but it's that it's does. such a it's such, it's I wouldn't even call it a detail because it's pretty glaring right there. Is when the judge actually said, given your combat training. You are a dangerous weapon. Your hands are dangerous weapons. <laughs> so you're going to prison for the better part of a decade. And right it's away, it's like... given like the feelings of like a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It's like, okay, so to recap, Nicolas Cage is an army veteran who is so well trained, his arms are deadly weapons, and he accidentally lets them off the leash one night. <laughs> In total self-defense. First off, yeah, who would have guessed that back alley rhinoplasty would have been such a big issue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just i'm just saying yeah and so he's he needs to you know he, he spends his time in prison he refers to his wife as hummingbird all the time which is just cringy hilarious yeah um <laughs> and he's being released from prison but he's got to fly back home and he's or being yeah, like transferred they- they can't release him. He has to be released from prison, and like or the original prison he was checked into, which I don't think that's really a thing. But like he's, so he's got to go back to his home base prison or whatever, and, and right. get out there. And he's put on a plane that's known as Con Air. It's a it's it's the jailbird, right? It's yeah. essentially yeah. a it's, it's a one big up prison above Spirit plane. Airlines, but right be- below JetBlue. And yeah. they've merged, yeah. so you know, no Spirit and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, what's the other one? Frontier Airlines. Frontier. Frontier. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Con Air is just a little bit better than, than slightly, <laughs> just slightly uh, fresher <laughs> peanuts. Um, and of but course, yeah, it's, on it's on the on the to... plane is every horrible criminal in the American prison system, and they all conspire to uh, hijack the plane. But he's the good guy, so he doesn't get off the plane. He he, he has to yeah. stop. Poe Poe and Bubba are the the yeah. good guys, and uh, and. The rogues gallery of criminals on this plane is just <laughs> fucking great. Yeah. And the, the characters the, they created. The ringleader, John Malkovich, is Cyrus the Virus Grissom in this movie. Yeah. In what may, to me, be a career best performance, which I'm sure he's he would get a lot of cringe from me saying. Yeah. But it's, uh... Yeah, and I love this how they all the... have nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. They all have like comic book. Nicknames. All of them except for the good guys. Yeah, yeah. You've got Cyrus the virus. I mean, Baby O. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I would say Poe is just the fucking. 
Yeah. You've got Steve Buscemi as a notorious serial killer, Garland the Marietta Mangler Green. Ving <laughs> Reams as Nathan Diamond Dog Jones, who's like a black nationalist and terrorist. Um, yep. Oh, Pinball. God, a Pinball Parker. Joe Pinball Parker, played by Dave Chappelle. Swamp Thing. I, I love Swamp Thing. Not just because of the shirt, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like MC his, uh... Ganey plays Swamp Thing, yeah. who's like a redneck pilot, bush pilot. Um, <laughs> White trash boys just know everything. <laughs> Danny Trejo is Johnny 23 in one of the creepiest roles he's ever played, and that's saying a yeah. lot for Danny Trejo. Serial rapist. You can guess why the 23 is in his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Billy Bedlam Bedford. Who's a mass murderer? I mean, it's just they all have these nicknames. Oh, and then um, Rinoli as Ramon Sally Can't Dance Martinez, yes. a transgender uh, narcotic criminal. I mean, it it's so over the top. Everything in this is so over the top. And then you've got the DEA agents and the U.S. Marshal John Cusack plays a, a U.S. Marshal. It's in a suit that is way too big for his ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was he like was... a '90s thing. You go back and look at the suits they're all wearing in the nights. Yeah. Like these, ba- they all look like uh, David Byrne from yeah. the Rock Talking <laughs> Heads uh, video. Like, yeah. yeah, everybody just stopped making sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, the other agent is um, uh, O'Brien from Star Trek. What's yeah, his name? yeah, Cole uh, Meany uh, plays this. Yeah, Cole one Meany. jackass. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah, not a nice person. Uh, no. Isn't he like drive like a stingray or something? I'm sure some car nut somewhere was just angry with what I said, but he just drives. Yeah, no, I think car. you're. I think you're right. Um, man, and if you're not, I'm just gonna get the fury from the car guys. He well, has but... an automobile. Yeah, <laughs> a, a fancy, sporty, older one. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, John Cusack steals it and much wheels many the speed. at one point. But yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, as you were saying, everything is so over the top. And, like, we, we kind of went with this they don't make them like they used to kind of motif at the beginning. But I really think that's serious when it comes to things like this. Because there's a lot of movies kind of like this in the 90s where they, like, yeah. they banked on. They didn't just use cliches because they were lazy. They kind of banked on cliches to be able to make these kind of larger-than-life characters and situations. And, and setting this in any, like, real version of the of our universe uh didn't make one bit of difference to the you know the screenwriter and the director and, no. and these these actors bringing this stuff to life this is all about just making a big fun loud action movie and that's where they kind of you know knock it out of the park with something like this like we've said a hundred times you stop for two seconds and think about any of the situations going on here none of it makes sense no one would ever really do this or put this together in this way nothing like, would ever play out in this way like like the biggest glare in one is just like even like in the movie itself like cole Meany's character whoever turned to john uh sorry uh john cusack i was gonna say malkovich mm-hmm. who would have guessed too many johns uh, too many johns and they're in the same fucking movie and another movie anyways um but he turns and goes like what's your contingency plan for this he goes we don't have one we've never even conceived that convicts could have taken over con air i'm like that's not true (laughs) that would have been the first fucking thing to ensure that that never (laughs) happens and what to do if it did because that actually in prior scenes it's the thing that everyone's worried about like they're making double sure you know all this stuff because you know they don't want the convicts to get yeah. loose or whatever during there so obviously they've thought about it before everyone's talking about it but yeah it's oh just, and even so the a... way they they introduce the the convicts it, it reminds me looking back at it now it reminds me of uh you know the uh 
the the first Suicide Squad movie. Yes. Where they just kind of like <laughs> little a thing for each one of them, like Cyrus the virus, and then they they run down his rap sheet and shit. Uh-huh. The, my favorite though is when Steve Buscemi's character shows up in this gigantic because he's a serial killer, but he, this gigantic like, armored truck. I mean, essentially, he's a fucking velociraptor. You know, yeah. <laughs> they've got he's, like I think it's, you know, same it's a mix between Hannibal Lecter and the velociraptor in the first scene of Jurassic. Yeah, he just looks like, like got Bane before Venom got pumped back. through his veins. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. with that mask on, it's just the scrawniest little fucking dude again wearing shit that's way too big for him. And like, I don't yeah. think that's secure. I don't think he's in there. But it's right, just like right. they—it's it—they've got—it's not even that they're just like unlocking shackles. They've got these long bar key yeah. things that are like six <laughs> feet long, and they're yep. dragging him out in a chair. Like cattle prods, essentially, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah it's dragging just him along. So intense, and then it's Bashemi. Yeah, and <laughs> literally just, just nothing throughout the whole movie that shows that he deserved any of those restraints. Yeah. No, and actually, well, he, his he's calm and he's like a philosopher. Like he's just like you know painting off these little like proverbs and philosophical bits and yeah you know yeah does the stereotypical like list off a variety of other famous serial killers in comparison to his views yeah. and shit and it's just like and then okay. throws in the occasional little like messed up thing that he's done like one time i wore a woman's head as a hat as i drove like a little girl states. Yeah. yeah yeah which by the just... way that does trying to picture like how like, did you skin her, wear, like, her cap? Did you just put the head <laughs> awkwardly like, on top it? of the yeah. head? Yeah, I was like, that, like, that doesn't seem possible. It would is be it very like hard the to... Chiquita banana lady and there's, like, yeah, a fruit it, basket it, around it? Unless, or... of course, you have some kind of an apparatus that you actually, you know, built to, to you know, make and, that happen. Mm-hmm. And kind of a po, tribal po, dress, kind yeah. of, like, yeah. And Poe is just like, I don't need you to tell me anymore. And I'm like, no, bullshit. That is not a realistic <laughs> yeah, like, fucking thing. Actually, I'm like, I'm sorry. I need you to draw yeah, me just a fucking detailed on. image. Hang on a second, Nick Cage. We need to hear a little more about this. Uh, He's like, yeah. I got a Sharpie right here. If you want to write it on the back of uh, <laughs> Dead Pinball's t-shirt. <laughs> draw, draw, draw me a picture of this oh. over here. Like, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> Chappelle. Here, do it this. on the bunny. <laughs> the the amount of bad impressions we've been doing on the show has really gone yeah. up exponentially lately. I don't think it's way, any so. worse than his fucking southern accent. Like, no, no, which, no. By no. the I, way, I, I got I got a full confession to make. So we were supposed to like you guys watched this on whatever you had. I think it was Amazon uh, Prime, which I don't yeah. have. But it was like, oh, AM, AMC Plus. It wasn't on there. I couldn't find this anywhere unless, unless I was paying money. And I lucked out oh, today. Really? Yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't I didn't bring it up because I literally watched it like earlier today. I'm like there's no time. Like no one can fix this. But I did find it on YouTube. Uh and it was it was uploaded like in 2016 and it took up like <laughs> a corner, like a quarter of the fucking like actual like um view screen. Yeah, I remember in the corner movies that way. It's like 180p and this is the this is the best part, boys. Um, this tasted a little treat. To add for further uh, uh, dodging the copyright, whatever they up the the pitch of everyone and everything. So not only am I getting this terrible accent, I'm getting it as if everyone's in the fucking world of helium. <laughs> like, and I'm like, this is. I, I the greatest. Think that is the way to watch this movie. 
can you put yeah. down the bunny? <laughs> like, oh, oh the bunny scene. Yeah. Let's do oh, that. <laughs> Some of the greatest lines ever uttered in American yeah. cinema history. Put the and it's crazy because the the, box. They actually so. do say somewhere in the movie like something about helium, and it just like split my sides. <laughs> like I don't know what it was. Like this is the dumbest experience ever. Uh, and then I put back on my opera glasses so I could fucking watch this movie. <laughs> so, yeah, there's yeah. the um, the character of um, Billy Bedlam, the mass murderer, uh, played by, by Nick Chinland, who finds Poe's box of personal belongings, and, and including the stuffed bunny that Poe is going to give to his daughter that he's going to meet for the first time and all this stuff. And he realizes he that... finds out he's a parolee and that not... A, yeah. Yeah. Because Poe fed him a story about him, you know, mm-hmm. he, yeah, being in for, I don't know if he said life or whatever, but yeah, so they'd believe 15 was, years. Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, you're a 15 year. I didn't see you yeah. on my block. And then he does a realistic thing. There's like 106, 110 people on that block, and I didn't bother to low 109 of them. <laughs> it's yeah. like, math checks out. And, yep. and the, the yep. fight scene they have, because it, it starts with, Put the bunny back in the box, <laughs> and they fight. Put the bunny back, and then the, the the fight they have though it's in the belly of the plane where you've got to crouch down. They're all, so they're yeah, they're all like, like over I love that that lunge. That's yeah. scary. And, yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a, a bizarre little fight scene, and then it ends, and and he does the line. Why couldn't you have put the bunny back in the box? Holy shit. <laughs> Also, yeah. the fact they're in such it's... a small fucking cabin, and they are literally underneath everyone in this cramped fucking space, and they're just throwing it. You know they're smacking their heads and shit on those fucking, on that oh, yeah. cramped-ass space, and nobody could, like, feel these assholes, like, fighting under what has to be, like, just a couple inches of aluminum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't there, know about there's... you, but did you just I was hear the same thing. Like, bunny? I know it's loud, obviously. Yeah. You're flying in a plane... But just, you can yeah, feel that shit. They're like breaking shit, and they're hitting the ceiling, and yeah, there's no way nobody didn't. But you know that that's that if that's your nitpick, I mean, you, there's a lot bigger nitpicks could have gone for with the. Also, well, way for sure, way but. too long for them to notice that a guy was missing. Yeah, that was the thing that like yeah, that's a little bit better nitpick. Like he was, and he was like one of the guys they were like plot. It was like four four of them initially, like. Yeah. In, that took over the plane and he was one of them and then he's just gone and it, they like went through the whole like deplaning at the airfield and like all this stuff before they realized like oh wait dude's dude's not here <laughs> so. <laughs> well i mean they even took so long with uh pinball which yeah we, can dave we talk Chappelle. about the weird dave Chappelle? cameo and not cameo but i mean he is a character no, this is it. like a role yeah this was a yeah. role <laughs> um, he was getting I, stuff like this back then for some reason yeah. like he did. he was getting laughs he was yeah. saying shit just... that people were laughing at back then and he does have some good lines on some that are not so yeah. good today but you know when they when they're checking him onto the plane and the the, the cops are like open your mouth and he doesn't he breathes on him and they're like your breath smells like shit and his response is he told me you love me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or when the da agent reveals himself and he goes like who the hell are you? I'm DA. You're one of the most corrupt motherfuckers on this fucking thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's 
he's perfectly fine. I mean, yep. he's serviceable oh, yeah, no, and he's, funny. And, and, it's young yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, like, right. I mean, this is still better than his fucking role in Nutty Professor, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Though he should have kept the hat. But yeah, so he, you know, he gets run over by the landing gear and gets stuck in the landing gear. And that's really what, like, how far is this movie going to go, like, down that shit alley? It's like when Nicolas Cage writes a message on dead Dave Chappelle's shirt and right. throws him off throws the him up. <laughs> I always liked that bit. Like, I'm like, that's one of the first, the, one of the things I was like, ah, you know, in its own way, that's kind of clever. Like, they get a message to the D, you know, to the But he's, like, agents, fully like, writing out, like, a paragraph as some dickhead <laughs> in the back. Yeah, according is... to the way that they relay the message to John Cusack, he wrote quite a bit more than we even see him write. We see him, like, really like, like, going. Like, I feel like he, I wrote, he wrote fully it. wrote out the word lieutenant. <laughs> like, when he's trying to talk to the dude or whatever, or marshal or whatever the guy is, like... Yeah. Like, no yeah. abbreviation. I'm pretty sure there was punctuation. Like, he was treating this like a U.S. the method of delivering this message. I hope you will understand. <laughs> Sincerely, best regards, Bo. Bo. I hope way, you are well. I've been better. P.S. My dearest lieutenant. <laughs> Send more been... of them snowballs. There's no, I'm hearing it in voiceover, only in Nick, the Nick Cage voice yeah. from this movie. like Because he does that earlier on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, we, and with Nick Cage's performance in this in general, it, when, when I read the interview, which we talked about a week or so ago, I uh, mm-hmm. read the interview with him recently where he talks about how, you know, he makes movies because there's something in that movie that sounds fun or interesting. And he said, so I'm doing a movie, even if maybe in some movies it's just one scene. I just want to do that scene. And the rest of the movie might not work, but he wanted to do it for that one. And I really, I, I admire that. There's some moments in this where you can tell those are not those scenes. Like even when at the beginning, when he's still in prison and he's talking to, to Baby O, his, his cellmate, and you know he's talking about, man, you're going to be a free man. It's all these cliche lines. And out of nowhere, he just goes, yeah. I'm going home. And it's like this <laughs> awkward, like, yeah, we get it, dude. You're excited, but that kind of came Poe out of fucking nowhere. Does and he nothing just hugs him. even he just similar hugs to that in the rest yeah. of the movie? Like, no. he does not act like exuberant or like anything like. No. It's just, and it's uh, the closest you get is like scene. him feeling the wind in his hair. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I like moments like that because I, I feel like that was a very nick cage choice but <laughs> it yeah. doesn't quite work for the way the character is i don't like yeah no we gotta leave we, that in <laughs> we can um you know we can we can nitpick at the accent and we can uh you know there's, there's there's some inconsistencies but i think nick cage's performance in this movie is perhaps and we, we brought up some other movies that could probably contend with it uh this may be the the best badass character that nick cage has ever played like he just uh has that kind of like um, action star confidence <laughs> like, to him that like, I don't I don't think I see him do yeah. pretty much anywhere. I think well, anywhere, he has anywhere the else Jean-Claude, you get this like setup and the jeans yeah. and the fucking yeah. like uh, muscle t or uh, tank yeah. top. A lot of roundhouse yep. kicks. But so many fucking roundhouse kicks. He's a yeah. really good action star in this. Yeah, 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 he plays it really well. And I think other movies. He's certainly been in you know a number of other action movies, but. Like we mentioned, The Rock earlier, where he plays, he kind of plays the John Cusack in that movie. Um, yeah, and yeah. Gets pulled in, and then uh, him and his Marvel collection. Um, 
we mentioned Face Off, and that's kind of a whole different animal. Um, he's certainly not this, <laughs> this type of action star. Yeah, he's the villain. In that. Um, so, yeah, and then you, you see him later in his career trying trying to portray these things to to some lesser extent. But I think this is this is certainly his I, most iconic action role, like a leading mm-hmm. man action role. And and I think he he pretty much nails it, even with the you know questionable Alabama. Uh, thing going on but i think by i mean by the time you see that you put it in context with the rest of this movie it's it's not really anything that i would bat an eye at so no if anything what do you guys think about you i'm sorry i was gonna say like you know like given like this is a nick cage movie and we think about this honestly though like he's not really he doesn't really play much of a heavy role in the beginning of the movie mainly he's just sitting around making a comment or making a glare uh, with a few like interactions, but it's mainly a John Malkovich film. Yeah, I was yes. just gonna oh, say, and then all the rest of the Rogues Gallery. Yeah, yeah, but I was gonna bring up like Malkovich in this. I mean, the phrase "scene chewing" is thrown out a lot about some performances and actors, oh, yes. but wow. <laughs> yeah, Malkovich steals the show. This is a John. You are you're right. It's a John Malkovich movie, in, in as much as it's a Nick Cage movie, and. Uh, I'm he's not, not just I, hijacking not, the fucking plane. He's hijacking the movie. I'm not yeah. trying to be ironic or uh, funny when I say it's probably my favorite performance of his. He just like is, I don't know. He's hilarious in a way, and he's kind of creepy in a way, and he like pretty much nails this part. And it's a really larger than life villain role. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah, and he criminal kills mastermind. It. It's, it's great. Have you lost <laughs> yeah. your mind? According to my latest psychological evaluation, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's these. What was the some line about you know? Oh God, something about like your rot, the flies on your oh, rotting, oh, stinking when, corpse. When he was talking. You're talking about when he was like threatening the fucking pilot. And he goes, "If you don't do what I say, the next pair of wings that you see or be from the wings of the fly that are flying over your rotten, decaying corpse." Yep, yep. It's like, damn, oh. John, take it back a bit. Yeah, it's it's a it's a screenplay where cliches abound, but he's got some good lines in oh, there. Oh yeah, so, so many. So I had to bag him and tag him, spitters and shitters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> don't move or the bunny gets it. This whole <laughs> cast <laughs> had, is kind of just perfectly fit into this puzzle of being the mid '90s and, and this kind of a movie. You know, Jerry Bruckheimer action summer blockbuster. Malkovich seems to be the one that doesn't fit perfectly into that puzzle, but after you watch it, he does. Like it was, yeah. it, it it feels like really inspired casting. The rest of it is just kind of like who's who's the, like who's a bunch of it actors right now that are you know kind of of this caliber to be in this movie. Um, Malkovich does not seem like the man that fits here, but he does perfectly. He's great. So. Well, you know, it's and, one of those I, things where this is my first time ever actually watching John Malkovich. Not this is not this, but I mean in general, like growing when, up. Yeah, this was like my first introduction yeah. introduction to John Malkovich. So every other role I've seen him in, I actually thought was kind of weird. I'm like, oh no, I'm used to him being this like weird psychotic psychotic villain, and like the reality is, <laughs> this was kind of a weird spot for him. I think career wise, mm-hmm. good good entertainment, but. but Really but this, my head. this movie really captures, like, if somebody were to ask the question, what was 1997 like? Watch Con Air. <laughs> yeah. You know, as pop culture and entertainment is a reflection of 
what people liked in society. This was a successful movie, right? Um, yep. It was a, you know, it, it grossed $224 million over a, a production of $75 million. But it also had a thing that was so common in the 90s. You gotta have the romance song in your action movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the How Do I Live song, How Do I Live Without You, by Trisha Yearwood. Yeah. Yeah, it, it nominated for Best Original Song. Um, and Worst, by the way. It got the Razzie nomination. Did it get for, the Razzie? Yeah, for Worst Original Song. But, oh, well, my so. God. I, again, growing up in a small town where country music was being played all oh, the time, God, everywhere this. you go. So theme. many fucking kids were conceived to the making of this, this fucking not song. Only, and this, is, this is outside of the movie, but not only one, but two female country artists made this song a hit. Yeah, well. Leanne Rimes so, and Trisha yeah. Yearwood. And my God, yeah. every prom, every homecoming, yeah, every, every dance. fucking, yeah. Uh, it oh was God. there. And it was the go-to slow dance. Uh, it, but it, but that's what that's what it was in, in the yeah. late 90s. This That was how, you know. Well, all of these big summer blockbusters had their big song. I mean, think of the Aerosmith song. We talked about that from uh, Armageddon. And Armageddon. Think of like, which, honestly, even though it's Aerosmith and this is Trisha Yearwood, they're kind of the same song at the same, you know, it's just kind of the same vibe. So they got the big, like, romantic ballad. Um, that's and yeah, what it I is, mean, yeah. 1997, these were all over the place. It's, uh, that's what... And then, yeah, I think it was a big hit. It 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 couldn't fit this movie. It couldn't be more inappropriate of a song for this movie. Like it does yeah. not feel like it belongs <laughs> in this film at all. Um, but you're right. You've got you know these are some of the top singers at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got an action movie that is is typically going to be targeted at men. You know, I'm not saying women obviously can't enjoy it. I'm sure many did. I mean, some some men didn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you've got a song that is very much, like, targeted more at women at the time. And it was, uh, yeah, you know, this is how you get them both to come to the theater, I guess, was the idea. Yeah. Well, you um, got the whole kind of subplot of it being, like, you know, him being this good guy and the the wife sticking by him. And he's had this, you know, relationship with his daughter through, yeah. through, his le- through letters and... Uh, she doesn't come to see him at prison though, because she's not going to meet her daddy the first time in a prison, and so they're going to meet for the first time. So you do have this. I feel like you do have this like thing. They're attempting. I'm not saying they're successful at it, but they've they've made an attempt here to put like the the wife plot as the like B plot of this movie. Um, yep. Which Monica action Potter. movies tend to do, and I'm not sure why, because they're never really that successful at making that an important part of the the plot that anybody cares about, but. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, she yeah, is so. totally wasted in this movie. <laughs> um, Ooh, uh, Monica Potter. Monica Potter, so, yeah, yeah, is totally wasted in this. Yeah, I, did. I, I, I forgot that she was the actress that was in this. That's how wasted she is because I, I became familiar with her later in her career through like the TV series Parenthood yep. and and some other stuff that, uh, and I actually think she's quite good uh, of an actress. And yeah, she's to- totally wasted here. She's just kind of there to be. The pretty southern housewife kind of that feel. you know, you know, yeah, wringing so. her hands because oh, that Cameron Poe, you yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's very also very typical love it or hate it of the blockbuster films that came out around this time. This was like this was the formula, and you know, it's it's and it's always like you know, your wife and your daughter. It that yeah. seems to be always you know the go to. 
Because um, those are the things can get that can get a good man to right. step outside of his moral, like you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he's, kill a dude he's in a street to, fight, you know. He's supposed to be, you know, getting off. He was coming home. Well, it must have been pretty damn important for Cameron Poe to stay on that plane. It's like holy shit. Remember, this is all before nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was all. Yeah, before... I don't think after nine eleven, this movie doesn't get made for another ten years after that. Like, there's no way they're yeah. landing a landing a plane on the Las Vegas Strip, and uh, post nine right. eleven. So, yeah, and it, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to come off like I'm playing. That was all great, and we should go back to these kind of movies. No, it was just that was the time. Yeah, that was that was how I. They made I think a case could be made that we could see a couple of big dumb action movies that don't quite have to be so quote unquote real. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we can't go back. Like maybe. Uh, well, that's not. I will say, like we didn't. I was gonna bring it up during the Dave Chappelle uh, talk because I feel like it was thematic, but I think it works here too. It's like uh, the. <laughs> The political correctness of this movie, let's just say, like, they were given no fucks at all. Oh, like, no, no, like, not They were here to piss of... off everybody. <laughs> like, they... Yeah, I mean, this is, the, this is the PCU crowd, right? So, like, essentially. <laughs> yeah. like... But I actually wanted to go talk a little bit about um, Rinaldi's character, Sally Can't Dance, mm-hmm. the transgender character in this. I don't because know if that's a transgender it, character. It was supposed to be, yeah. Was it? Uh-huh. I mean... I got... Yeah, I'm not sure I would have known even, like, what... what how, how to, like, conceptualize that in 1997, being that I was a kid, too. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, going back to it from modern perspective, I would say that was that was what they were attempting to depict. Maybe yeah. not perfectly, but the way that I read it was like typical mm-hmm. 90s, like, oh, they're gay, so of course they'd probably do drag, too. That's how I read it. Especially because it's a prison setup, and you know, like a prison bitch kind of thing. Yeah, as they say, he yeah. said it, not um, me. <laughs> no, well, I mean that was that. That's what they're that's going what it, for. Exactly what it is. I felt but like there was they, a, definitely a stereotype. Oh, if they're gay in prison, they must be femme. Right, but they seem to have gone so far with it where she's, you know, I'm even saying she because I would like, say I would say they. Yeah, the <laughs> character, um, you know, refers to themselves. Or at least refers to the the other characters like oh men you know right mm-hmm. um i just thought There's... it was kind of you know and then like the, the getting excited when they find a dress and all this it, it's just yeah that it, that it, was actually what did it for me that elevated that character beyond what you quote unquote yeah. prison bitch is that right. uh that excitement at finding the dress like i've been you know basically i've been confined in a men's prison i've been i don't know i mean mm-hmm. I don't know if you have to read into that, and I'm not sure. I just honestly, it, I'm not even sure. 1997, when they this screenplay was written, like if they even had that in their, you know, on their mind. No, I think it was a series of gay but, jokes <laughs> on their mind. But it, but it's but I it's guess interesting it, because it doesn't have yeah. to be there. It doesn't like, no. Yeah, but also but. it it, and I'm not just like oh I'm trying to defend it to defend it. I I really no. was a little perplexed watching. I, I wouldn't this defend it. They? I wouldn't go that far, but. Yeah, that's where are they <laughs> no are are they actually like I kept like I it, I was expecting there to be more looking back at it. I was expecting there to be more like jokes. But yeah, that character that was the thing that impressed me more than anything is that that character's not treated as um uh, it's not really a joke. 
Like right, like when they walk it's out wearing the dress, generally pretty well the... accepted. Now that still supports the the you know, kind of the role that they're playing. Uh, lack of a better term, we're going to keep using prison bitch, I guess. But um, I think that still kind of supports that because I that prefer is, the you know, term incarcerated uh, partner. No, that well, that, that 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 implies some wife. Sense. I was gonna say impersonated, um, but yeah. But it, yeah, there, yeah, there yeah. was the the scene when they find the dress and they put it on, and you know when they're at the the desert, you know airport, and they walk back out and all the other inmates start like hooting and hollering. It's it's not in a in like a threatening or violent or aggressive way i didn't I mean, it's, get it's, the it's impression that any of those people were sexually interested in like what was going on like with that person like they were that they were literally cheering for them which was interesting yeah so it's like and i'm not trying to defend it go, but also it's kind of yeah. interesting like they kind in of this movie it really was like accidentally progressive i'm gonna say it was accidentally progressive because i'm not that's, sure yep it was like, like i think there was still an attempt yeah. to be humorous there but it was it yeah it for 1997 and this is probably doesn't even bear the like lip service we're giving it because 1997 obviously as we've seen in watching movies like con air they're they're not really interested in being you know no and i think accidental is politically is right though this but, is i'm just now you know Obviously, we do this at the end of every episode where I talk about, oh, please, you know, write in with any of your thoughts or comments. This is one where I would like to ask listeners, how do you think this character's portrayed? Like, is it, I, because I, I would agree that it feels very accidentally progressive, like, because the, there's no real <laughs> yeah. jokes. It's yeah. not like a bunch of, you know, gay jokes. Or it's I not mean, like the character is, is total be, yeah. comic relief. It's um, Dave Chappelle is more comic relief, you know, yeah. than than Sally. Um, Sally's shown to be someone that Cyrus is like, yep, yeah, fuck some shit up, you know. Well, I think that's Here, the general like gun. nature of like the whole thing is like, hey, we're all in this together. Yeah, camaraderie. Like no, unless you're actively being. Like, I, I would say anyone from the get-go that was kind of, like, just disliked would probably be Danny Trejo's Johnny 23, where Cyrus right. flat-out says, like, I despise rapists. Which is an interesting line. It's like, so there's a line he does not cross. And that yeah. is that. And we're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> I guess he's a complex character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, and I think it has to set... Like, each of these characters have to have their own, like, moral. The one that is actually a little bit ambiguous or gray to me is is Steve Buscemi's character, which, again, I think he exists almost as a little bit of comic relief at times. But then, like, you're given a history about this character, which he he cops to. Like, this is not something that he's, you know, saying I'm innocent of or whatever. There's no confusion that he is the, the, uh, what is he, um, he has a serial killer name, some kind of... Ah, shit, what was it? I'm trying to look and see. Uh, uh, the Marietta Mangler was his... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, and then he... At the end of his like whole plot, or his, his character's storyline in this, is first at the site when they've landed and they're switching over the planes, he makes friends with a little girl who lives in the trailer park that's attached to it, which... When you see the aerials of the shot, the trailer park obviously doesn't exist anywhere within context of the, what's actually going on here. So I wonder if the like what 
where they came up with that scene and if it almost like it was shoot in later but anyway um most likely was <laughs> yeah and it seems really creepy because you're like oh this guy you know he's talking about cutting up little girls and here he is having a tea he's party already trying to figure out girl. how she's gonna become the next hat yep and uh nothing really comes of it they like make friends they sing songs he actually carries the singing the song he's got the whole world in his hands back into the plane for the crash scene later and he has her and dolly the girl as well yeah mm-hmm. he's got the little ken doll that she gave him and the girl ends up being just fine yeah and then steve buscemi's character at the very end of this film ends up being one of the only guys besides poe to kind of walk away from this whole thing and he's you know shooting dice in vegas and you know Mm -hmm. so it's i'm kind of it there's kind of a moral ambiguity about that like yeah he's kind of a funny goofy character but at the same time like you have all these like kind of you know serial killer stories about him and then we just kind of let him walk free at the end and it's that's kind of the, the last laugh like we yeah. get is him him rolling dice in vegas and it's like well that's kind of weird it's kind of horrific when you really think about it it's like oh yeah. that's like if we just let jeffrey dahmer go yeah like you know before his death and shit but like oh yeah no <laughs> that seems worse it's, it almost seems like the uh, like his redemption was like well he he might have killed like 24 people but he did not kill that one girl so he's probably good right yeah he's saying about god in the hands man but i think that was a (laughs) that was another thing in the 90s that we saw a lot of because it's the same thing that we see at the end of silence of the lambs yeah where the serial killer gets away because ooh, that's creepy he's out there but we like him because he's kind of charming he's kind of charming well we we, people liked I'm, i'm gonna I'm going to say this, and I know it sounds bad out of context, but people really liked serial killers in the 90s. I don't think yeah. they stopped. No, they didn't. It's, if anything, they like them even more. Yeah, I think, they like but... them even more. Well, now it's but less yes, of a it's... thing you hear about. Right. You know, you don't hear about it quite as much, and that's a discussion. Right around this it. time, 95, 96, 97, I feel like there was, like, a run of, like, and there's always serial killer movies, but they were, like, everywhere like every other movie that came out was about the cops are hunting a serial killer even some of the like uh sci-fi movies and stuff were centered around serial killers and, and i think the most oh, yeah. just popped demolition man that, uh, serial yeah, killers demolition in the future man. Uh, johnny it wasn't johnny monomic that yep. reeves movie that was the serial killer that kind of hopped around in well time. and then they did like, copycat yeah i mean just like there are so many um so yeah that might have been you might have hit the nail on the head, but they were just going for that kind of thing with it. Yeah, it was having fun with it. You know, so. let's like let's, I said, like everything in this movie is a, a cliche of one sort or another. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get not wanted... just a criminal. Let's get a criminal that is all the crimes. Yeah, all the crimes <laughs> criminal. Shave yeah, his head. I mean, Bald they, people are evil. <laughs> they like. And I thought it was kind of interesting. One of my things that I don't love about the the situation of they introduce all of these people, uh, all of these um, criminals to you at the beginning, and then they land in an um, was it Carson City is the first place they land, and then we get a whole nother like oh we're gonna get rid of some of these guys and we're gonna bring on these other ones. So they built up this character of um, what's his name the guy that uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, the bunny, the guy that took the bunny Baby out of the o. box. Baby um, No, not his buddy. Uh, the guy that 
he kills in the fuselage. Oh, Billy, I mean, the yeah. Billy, Billy something, yeah. Billy Bedlam. Um, they build up like, what? Oh, he's a mass murderer. Like he went, you know, he found his wife cheating on him, went killed her whole family, and he's so. And then like they have to like up the ante and they bring like that guy's supposed to be your dangerous mass murderer and then they're like well except that there's this guy who's killed like 20 some people and he comes in in like Hannibal Lecter gear and um, he's got Steve Buscemi eyes yeah (laughs) yeah they're definitely playing up the whole like Jeffrey Dahmer kind of thing yeah you know um, which I honestly felt like that's who that felt the most like based on yeah compared to like the or Ed kind of Kemper skinny, or something like that. Yeah, someone who enjoys being unnerving and creepy to those around him. Like that's the one thing he has over fucking. I think. You know, well, that's why I said I think it. Killers. This is going to show. Yeah, do people like serial killers? Well, how much do you know about them? That's kind of the thing, right? Um, you know, I, yeah. The, the Steve Buscemi's serial killer character feels like they were looking at people like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Kemper for inspiration because the people were in interviews they're very calm and pleasant and introspective oh yeah but you know you have done these disgusting things with people yeah uh, with human bodies and you've murdered all these people it's it's not like the ted bundies which were these narcissistic type individuals it definitely going for more of the just kind of quiet and keeps to themselves creepy and I think that's what people like a youth pastor with a dark secret yeah or why people like (laughs) the character of Hannibal Lecter so much you know it's a serial killer but he's classy Mm -hmm. he's bougie you know (laughs) he's got a PhD yeah he's got a (laughs) keep in mind and I know that the meme's been going around but uh, think about how many comic book supervillains are doctor just saying yeah how many people in this fucking podcast is doctor just saying. Yeah. We all know who, who the villain is. Which, yeah, I, just I, the I'm bound guys. to become a Batman it's, or Spider-Man villain. I mean, that's Well, that's great. the thing. That's the thing. Joe, despite you having a doctor, we all know bald men are first on the list. But if they're a bald doctor, then... Yeah. Yeah, we like, we're our own rogues gallery, but we haven't done shit yet. <laughs> we're the worst <laughs> rogues gallery. We're the laziest. God forbid we ever meet a superhero. We'll be like, fuck, I guess we gotta do it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to get together and let's that's, start a podcast where we can talk about. Ways God forbid. That's that how hero. we do it. We just talk talk shit about him for a while. God forbid that hero is Nicolas Cage because we. Be <laughs> Maybe it Maybe is. That's it. Maybe that's what we're starting to do right now. No. Yeah, it's all coming together. On we're just day, our on, next podcast. May, we're just gonna May review 3rd, all of his movies harshly. Eleven twenty-one p.m. Central Time. I declare Nicolas Cage my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's what this these next series of episodes will be going Bring forward. It. It's just gonna be us <laughs> ranting about Nick Cage's career and his movies. I'm going to raid Nicolas Cage's pyramid tomb. With dinosaur uh, bones. I haven't worked out the details yet, but that's where it's... I mean, it works for you as a paleontologist. That is your motivation. Yeah. Well, I know he likes them, should, so... Should we talk about the last... I don't know if it's even the last act of this movie, but the uh, the eventual crash of the plane or landing of the plane in Vegas. Oh, like and down all in the, Vegas? Like, yeah. Yeah. Where all the, fire like... Fire engine chase scene, which seemed to be a 90s thing as well. I remember a lot of fire engine chase scenes, but... Yeah. Including or, one that made their way into a 
Bond movie, I think. And that was like late eighties, but still. Or how about the propeller that just like randomly, ta- like in a timely manner, just cuts through, like just right when like Poe and John Malkovich's uh, Cyrus the Virus character are like. Ah, and then they separate, and that's when a fucking propeller just cuts through the front of the plane as it oh, still yeah. keeps fucking it's going. The 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 oh yeah, uber the... action suspense scene at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, just nineties gold. Fucking ridiculous! Yeah. It's wonderful. I'll 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 admit though, and this is definitely a, it's a personal thing that's been happening since I've been getting older. Got choked up at the end. <laughs> it's happen. the song, man. It's the song. It's the, song. It's the goddamn terrible song. It's, but it's, it's the kid thing. They throw a kid it's, in there. And it's the like, kid when she leans in to hug him. You're just like, yeah. oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, little girl. Again, she's it's... all scared and apprehensive. Here's this big, scary looking Nick Cage, you know, and he's got a dirty bunny. And you just saw him kill <laughs> a whole sorry. bunch of convicts, and that's the first time you've met your we got dad. got a sweaty Nick Cage with a dirty bunny, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and and you're, the mom's like, you know, it sounds like like the police description of like somebody they just pulled over. It's like, oh man, we got a Nick Cage and a dirty bunny here. So it's, <laughs> it's like, like... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he sweaty? Yeah. Does he have long hair? Yeah. Southern accent? Yeah. Is he wearing a white tee or a white yeah. tank top? Yeah. All right. Now listen carefully. Is he out hug of him. prison? Yeah. <laughs> That's your daddy. You better hug him. <laughs> you know, it's when the, when Monica Potter's like, you know, you take your daddy's gift. And he's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And she, like, leans in and, oh, it's just like, god yeah. damn it. Well, yeah, it he works. looks like a man that smells it's like It's another one of those things that, like, it's say. incredibly cliche. But sometimes cliches work. Like, when, you, when done well, there's a reason they're cliches, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, noticed... the music crescendos and it's this you know ballad family reunion and, and yeah it hits yeah it's it hits. it's made to do that and it it, yep. it generally works pretty this well is I why mean, I, I can't watch pixar movies after 35 yeah. without, you know i don't know if it's got quite that level of like no emotional, i was like... gonna say <laughs> when, no, when you're but, a man who admits that like i cry at pixar movies that's fine if your man goes i cried at the end of con air i'm like i didn't say i cried i which if i did i did but i didn't i just i was just like yep so I you feel did. the lump i'm like all right good effective well done no like you yeah. put on coco i gotta walk out of the room for the last five minutes holy shit yeah no you know, no i can't Pixar rewatch coco are... it had its emotional impact like just justly so it's a great movie but no it's like no i'm good <laughs> i don't need that again because that's a yeah. golf ball i could not hold down no, no. She remembered Con her though. father. Oh my god, is Con Air the sequel is like like the prequel to to fucking Coco? We can make this happen. Coco Air. That's a stretch. I'm not saying it's <laughs> yeah. impossible. I mean, I got so more stretches for It would this require movie. more work I'm willing than I'm willing to put into it. Here's another one. But... I got another one for you too. So you got John Malkovich and uh uh what's the other John again? Cusack. John Cusack. She, 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 why not? The fucking mind blowing reveal is that it was uh, actually another spinoff of fucking like being John Malkovich, John and you Malkovich. see that fucking John Cusack character come out of a little door, and you find out he was Cyrus all along. If yeah. we're gonna do movie <laughs> mashups, then we need to discuss the. Uh, I keep proposing this, and nobody bites at it. But Hotel for Dogs with Hotel Rwanda, make it work. <laughs> I got a third. I got a third one for Con Air though. Let's make a modern day sequel. Only, only this time, Poe 
is like a, a, he got air, his, his license to fly, fly a plane for for like a delivery service. Let's say Amazon, and then he gets hijacked <laughs> by fucking. John Malkovich's fucking brother. I don't know who's another bald actor we can use. Honestly, seeing seeing the movie Castaway, but remove Tom Hanks and put in John Malkovich. Put them both. Castaway. Have cut. Holy no, John shit. Malkovich is is Wilson. Wilson's no, I just voiced I want to see John, John Malkovich. Malkovich on a desert island, really frustrated about everything. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need a script for that. Just take him to a desert island. I think you're you got a movie. Well, and I, I would like, love to know how many of his lines in this were ad-libbed. Like, how much of that was scripted and how much of that was just pure Malkovich? Yeah, I don't know. Being pure Malkovich, that's the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, the third act of this movie is um, pretty much pure 90s action gold. It's got everything, plane crash, Crushing buildings, motorcycle chase, Crushing fire engine chase, yeah. fight scene on back of fire engine. Um, yeah, it's uh, random locales out of nowhere, like that junkyard that's so fucking close to like the Vegas Strip. Apparently, the Vegas Strip. Yeah, like, geography doesn't make any sense here, but in any parts of it, oh, like well, you pointed out like with that. the fucking trailer park outside. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy shit. Which is fine. I don't. I don't think like anything in this movie you need to overthink. But um, yeah, kind of a, an interesting. John, and we didn't talk much about John Cusack, but that's because John Cusack's very good at what he does in this movie. But he doesn't have a whole lot to do. He's just kind of the the guy who's chasing them the whole time. And he gets a moment at the end when him and Poe have that like, nod. you know, yeah, the <laughs> the nod. nod as they're kicking the motorcycles up to. Yeah, chase after. Was he still Cyrus wearing his and... fucking sandals and sock combo? John I Cusack's character had don't... like leather sandals and no, socks. I think on you're right. With his yeah. beige oversized suit. Did he fight crime and all that? I, I don't. Did. I don't remember seeing him stopping to change his shoes at no, any point. No, I don't think so. he's changed his footwear at all. No, I think Cusack's great in this. You know, he he's playing kind of a side character, but he's totally fine. I mean, he's yeah, not he's, he's not as memorable. I mean, I don't know. When I think I, I he's not as known over John top Cusack. of a character either, right? Unfortunately, right. so I, he's 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 fine in this. He's one of those. His character is one that could have been played by anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Gross Point Blank or anything like that, where he is bringing something very unique with his acting style and his yeah. delivery to a role and that's nothing against him in this it's just it's, it's the character that's written but he does a fine job with it um overall most of the supporting cast in this is really good uh yeah you know, all the, the, the criminals is incredible fun. yeah it's this is a fun popcorn movie uh, i think half the reason night. this this movie works so well is that the cast is so good and they're all like given it their all like there's nobody phoning in this movie because it obviously is a silly movie like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense it's got a bunch of contrived you know action movie kind of bullshit but they are i don't i don't think there's a phoned in performance in here everybody's good like it just i'll say i'm surprised i I guess i'm not surprised but i i think it's like a part of me that really kind of hopes now talking about the sadness and stuff like that if this got like cult movie status similar to like 
dare I say, horror, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, in that you have people actually dressing like these characters, watching these movies at like local downtown cinemas. Because there's so many fucking like lines in this movie that are worth kind of like as a crowd kind of just saying out loud, uh, kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I accept your challenge. If I, if I ever see this playing somewhere, I'm dressing up. So I, I you know what? I, and I think that's you bring up an interesting uh, point because I think that could be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, there's so happened. much because of some of the issues with this movie, with some of you know the things that wouldn't be really considered PC today. And again, not judging one way or the other, but I I think that would be problematic. And it's kind of a shame because I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, I could I could see a bunch of people like yelling out John Malkovich quotes while watching this movie. And that'd be fun. Or Nicolas Cage yeah. quotes. I could see the people doing the costumes. But you got somebody who shows up dressed as Sally and all of a sudden we have a problem. Just somebody yeah. walk on going like, this is your barbecue and it tastes good. Oh, God. <laughs> the Southern, yeah, the just yeah. made up Southern cliches. Yeah. Just so oh, many, just God. so many sweaty yeah, so mullets in a line. But if it were my barbecue, like <laughs> I'm going to use that analogy just randomly on people, which is yeah. funny because we actually ate like well, barbecue for dinner tonight before we recorded cornbread and everything. So I kind of got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> it's like this wasn't planned. No, I, I, I would love I mean, you know, there's there's a number of like cult classic movies that have turned into things like that, like the big Lebowski. There's Lebowski fest everywhere yeah. and bowling alleys and people I, dress up as characters that drink white Russians and they watch the movie. It's that's cool. In its own right, this is a bit of a cult classic. Like it's it's become you know this is a much loved big stupid '90s action movie. Definitely and for I think people it, who existed during the '90s, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, like, but I there's think it's a, there's a appreciation in this movie. Yeah. As time has gone on, and and I we didn't do our typical um, when did you first see this thing at the beginning, but I first saw this movie right around when it was new, like when it first came out on video, so 1997 or whatever. Um, and yeah. I didn't dislike it. I thought it was I thought it was fun enough, but I I it was nothing I really like liked a lot. I was kind of I saw it, I was over it. Um saw it again years later and liked it a bit more, had more fun with it, was able to laugh at it and and have um and I think this time around, which is probably my only my third time seeing it, it it was I I don't know, it was tons of fun. So I think it's aged not necessarily like content wise, but like it, it, me as an older person gets a lot more out of this. Again, I have mentioned many times on the show that I certainly watch movies differently now than I used to. I probably didn't like a lot of the uh, kind of contrived and um, silly things about the movie uh, that I now get a kick out of. So uh, well, at least my first viewing. I think it's actually a good staple of like. 90s blockbuster action movie cinema which was a big thing in the 90s like or at least i remember seeing so much of that because this movie came 97 this movie came out right yeah yeah so it came out probably like 98 on vhs i'm guessing so uh, we definitely watched this on vhs fairly like right away because i was very very young i was definitely eight i'm surprised i was that old because this is so deep in my memory, I swear this always existed. Like, same with Forrest Gump that came out in 94. But, mm-hmm. like, my parents love this movie. I watched this movie with my parents. This was one of those movies that, like, 
actually in general the nick cage movies in general were this kind of thing <laughs> where we as a collective watched it like this was the, the the glue that bound us together and as i grow i i see how like I'll, i see like a next generation of people won't really appreciate this movie in the same nostalgic way as I will. And that's fine with me. That doesn't bother me one bit. And I totally yeah. understand the criticisms. And I've like, we've pointed them out because it's like, there's some obligation to do so. And that's fine. But, but no doubt, like no doubt, like, like this was a fucking staple and kind of comforting for me. Like watching this reminds me of being in my trailer growing up. Yes. I grew up in a trailer. <laughs> um, and, and watching this being on like the carpet of, of my, of my living room and watching these uh, movies with my parents and we just always get a kick. And like my, my dad loving like every weird thing that fucking came out of well, everyone's mouth. <laughs> like my dad yeah. was one of those people who closes his eyes and tilts his head back and he does like a hearty chuckle. And it's, it's, it's like all these weird, warm memories <laughs> like, oh, I hear on you. air. And it's um, like, I love it. It's the ridiculousness. So I yeah. had to look it up. This came out June 6th of 1997. And I saw this in the theaters. And I remember that because I was in Florida visiting my mom for pretty much the month of June that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in high school and went down to Florida, to, Fort, to Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Florida, and stayed with her for the month. And while she was at work, I went to movies. And so I saw this. It came out June 6th. I saw Batman and Robin, which came out um, oh gosh, yeah. like June oh, 20th. I saw Face Batman. Off, which came out June 27th. So oh, gosh, two, a, two cage were, blockbusters in one month. Huh? I knew they were month. right around the same time. I didn't know it was that close. But And, you know, back then you, you had movies that would have still been in the theaters after three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. these two were in the theater at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I saw... Batman and Robin face off and Con Air all like at the same in the same month in 1997 in the theaters. When you uh, said that sentence, Batman and Robin face off in Con Air, like I pictured Batman and Robin face off against the, the Rogues Gallery of Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> Only way you make this movie better. Yeah. Robin gets it. So I guess that is our review of Con Air. Um, for our 200th yeah. episode, Jesus Christ. 200, the, our, yeah. Not only, I was going to say that's our 200th review, but it's not, because we used to do two or three movies and episodes right. at times. So, man, we're even above that. Even more. Well, the goal was always like, hey, I want to get back to watching more movies again. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ryan, let's right. start with you. Any any final thoughts or a grade on Con Air? Well, I gave like my kind of heartfelt like feeling about this movie um and it's it's hard because like my feelings about this movie are purely from my nostalgia and they are blind in like i am not an objective reviewer for this movie in the fucking slightest like i did bring up like as an advocate for oh you know what con air should have a cult following like in the same fucking let's dress up and like spout the lines together let's do weird shit in the fucking theaters as weird shit is going on like this could be like how rocky horror for the 70s this for the fucking like people love the 90s and some shit but um so i'm i'm having a problem here because i'm like this movie does not deserve a higher grade 
But the kid in me, which is weird to say because this is Con Air again, wants to give it like an A at the very at the very least. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I was I feel like objectively this is probably like a good solid B movie, but it's probably gonna be an A for me. I hate to say it. <laughs> I, like I said, this 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 triggered so many happy memories for me. Um, good times and the Con Air flight crew. What do you think, Eric? I'm going to echo most of that. I, If you spend any amount of time thinking about the plot or the script or the, uh, you know, kind of the details of this thing, then uh, you're just not doing it right. Like, if that's if you can't get over it, suspend your disbelief enough to enjoy it, then it's might, probably not the kind of movie that you're going to get a kick out of. But this is, you know, big budget, stupid summer movies at its best. And it, it kind of just is, exemplifies everything that that was in this era. Yeah, um, you know that Jerry Bruckheimer, yeah. um, yeah, and, and late later on, like kind of Michael Bay movies, but I don't know the Bruck, early Bruckheimer ones. I feel like were better than, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just big dumb fun. It's done, it's done fairly well for what it is. It's not, it's not a, you know, the script isn't a literary classic. It's not going to have, but it's got good lines. It's uh, got memorable characters. Uh, pretty much all you can ask for in this type of movie if you're willing to give it that suspension of disbelief. So yeah, I'm going to land right with you. This, this honestly, I had a, a blast watching. It was just the kind of movie I needed uh, to see this week. And um, yeah, I'm going to give this one an A. I think it deserves every bit of cult following that it's uh, that it's receiving. And I actually got in trouble with my uh, with my wife for watching this without her because it's a favorite of hers <laughs> as well. So I also um, think it's a testament like i told you how i watched this movie today and i was willing to go for it despite knowing how the movie went and like i want to keep watching this movie despite the torture it's putting me through that big <laughs> like, that's awesome. worth it i, I yeah i'm watch I'm this on right your ipod with Sorry. you does this movie have problems does it translate perfect to 2022 uh yes it has problems and no it doesn't perfectly translate there's some things that you know collectively we would culturally call problematic with some of the character portrayals. Um, but I think this is a good example of a movie where it, you know, is, is this my number one or even in my top 10 of favorite movies of all time? God, no, but this is a great example of a movie from the past that has the problems, but it's a quintessential example of a summer blockbuster in America in 1997, warts and all, you know, problems that it has and all. It's not going to translate perfectly, but there's no bat suit with nipples. <laughs> there's no, there's there's no John Travolta removing his face. Um, it's it's just a batshit off the wall summer blockbuster. What was a 1997 summer blockbuster? It was familiar faces from every other kind of cool action or spy or whatever sci-fi movie you were seeing at the time. It's got a incredibly successful marketable song, like romance dance song that then defined <laughs> proms for five years. Yeah. And it's just st- Stupid, ridiculous plot line action. But why do you go to a summer blockbuster for all of those reasons? So it did what it was intending to do. This movie wasn't trying to win Oscars for some deep connection with like the human experience. It's a it's a it's an excuse to forget something for two hours in June of 1997. And it hits it. So I'm going to go right with you with an A. 
Um, oh, we gave the triple oh, A treatment. Triple A treatment for Con Air. I yes. said last time we did gave something a triple A that I was going to go back and find out how many times we'd done that before, and I didn't. So I still don't know. But triple A on the 200th episode. That's um, yeah, we we actually did uh, two triple A's in a row. I think sometime this year with some I of our reviews. So. Yeah. yeah. I know it's but, rare. Yeah. <laughs> but we would also love to know what any of our uh, kinder with dedicated it. listeners who maybe hung with us for 200 episodes like to uh, say or share their thoughts and feelings and uh, con air. Please send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the video junk, your podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at video junk pod or on Facebook at the main video junk podcast page. If you write it, we'll read it and we look forward to hearing from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, head over to uh, patreon.com slash video junkyard podcast and consider making a small donation to help us produce this podcast uh, for your small donation. We will uh, uh, let you have a plethora of extra episodes. And that is uh, stuff that we record in our <laughs> often mentioned prior uh, conversations to when we hit record for the official show. Um, so you have that and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anything that you give to the podcast does go directly back into producing uh, the show. And we uh, appreciate you uh, listening either way. And um, would like to invite you back for a little more Nick Cage next week. We're going to be checking out Willy's Wonderland. So uh, a more modern uh, Nicolas Cage movie. Um, Followed by a couple of weeks of 80s sci-fi. We're going to watch Silent Running and Enemy Mine. And then... um, promise i'm not gonna make the same joke as last week we're gonna be uh, watching some kung fu movies the uh the man with the iron fists and fist of legend uh following that up so um yeah hope you come back and join us for those yeah definitely join us for the fisting it's gonna be great so. <laughs> but we want to thank you nick cage and fisting what what, what <laughs> go hand and hand that's how you put the bunny back um, <laughs> a fisting joke no one okay fine we want to thank you of course for listening to the video junk your podcast especially uh our subscribers and please feel free to share around um spread the joy why not yeah. especially you. you you know who you are yeah no not yeah. you. you you yeah you yeah not yeah. you the person <laughs> yeah. with the thing you know yeah so until next time this is the video junk your podcast i'm joe peterson I'm Eric Branson. I'm Ryan Seiskel saying, Yeah. Put the body back in the box. I knew you was a punk. And I was right. You were playing us all along. You a free man. I said, put the bunny back in the box. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear of the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs>